0: It's the On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from the first one with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music. Welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine. It is Thursday, May 11th. Thank you for tuning in. If you missed my Colin Kaepernick rant, well, go back and listen to it. I make the case for Colin Kaepernick and how and why the Bengals should reach out to Colin Kaepernick and potentially sign him. So you can check that out. Subscribe on iTunes, audioboom.com. If you missed A.J. Green on Monday or Tyler Boyd on Tuesday, go back and listen to those shows as well. We're going to have a ton for you here on Locked on Bengals on Twitter, at James Erpine at Locked on Bengals. Today, well, we're going to dive in. How much playing time is Joe Mixon going to get? I teased that on Tuesday with the Colin Kaepernick stuff, stole yesterday. So now we're, we're going to get into some Joe Mixon. I will also answer an email about the forgotten man in the Bengals linebacker room, Paul Dawson. That and more coming up on today's Locked on Bengals. Thank you guys for listening to this, and let, let, let's get started here. Look, Joe Mixon is a guy that we know the off the field, honestly, how much because I saw him some. But Joe Mixon right now, like at this stage of his, his football life, of his star and he i think he is a star i think he's a name people know that that means you're a star for good or bad joe mixon is more known for what he did off the field punching a woman in the face than he than for what he's done on the field joe mixon as of this moment is the college football player from oklahoma that broke a girl's jaw broke a woman's jaw that that's that's what he's known for as of this moment may 11th So, with that said, and I promise it's not an off-the-field thing here. We're we're getting to on-the-field and and Joe Mixon. With that said, whatever team drafted him, whatever team would have to weigh his talent, how good he was on the field versus everything that's going to come with taking him. Everything. And if you remember the Bengals, I mean, obviously there was national columns and and all these talking heads were talking about it, and and heck, I, I made the case earlier this week that the Bengals locker room is perfect for Joe Mixon. But you look at what the Bengals had to do. Yeah, he had a press conference, but then Marvin had to answer questions right away about why they took him, what went went involved in it, what all, all the behind the scenes, how much vetting did they do, how they did it, when they met with him, details, details, details. Do they have a plan for Joe? All of that stuff had to be answered instantly when they drafted him. And then the next, uh, that weekend, draft weekend, Joe Mixon met with the media. And he sat down and, and did every single interview. And the Bengals handled this really well. But they had to make him available. Didn't have to. But obviously when you draft someone that has this kind of behind the scenes or off, not behind the scenes, off the field baggage You might want to make them available because that's what they're known for. You might want to get Joe's face out there so he's – it's PR 101, man. You got to get him out there, say the right things, do the right things, and and go from there. The Bengals did that. He met with probably every TV station in the city, I'm pretty sure. Met with us, met with a bunch of different – Joe Mixon met with anyone that wanted to talk with him. That's unique. That's – Yeah, he's a second-round pick. That's not something first-round picks do. Yeah, they do interviews. It's crazy. It happens. You know, we talked to John Ross. Hell, you heard that interview here on Locked on Bengals. We talked to John Ross the night he got drafted. But he didn't have to sit down individually with all these different media outlets. John Ross isn't the reason ESPN National and all these national hosts and and national media members were at, at, at the start of rookie camp. No, no, no. It's Joe Mixon. And it wasn't because Joe Mixon's a great running back. It was because of the reason people know him, because he punched a girl in the face. So when asked about playing time, and I was asked this on on Monday or Tuesday, I believe it was, I believe it was Tuesday morning because I, I teased it on Tuesday's show. And y- yeah, the the Bengals they drafted Joe Mixon with the forty eighth pick, but let's throw that away because that's a high pick, right? But second round running backs don't have to start. You know, they could just play some. What what kind of playing time is Joe Mixon looking at? Well, if you're the Bengals, did you go through all of that, all of that, the off-the-field stuff, the, the interviews, all of the things like that, just to give him five carries this season, five carries per game, eight touches per game, ten touches per game? Did you invest a, a second-round pick in a guy that you had a first-round grade on as far as talent goes, who you had right up there with Leonard Fournette, did you do that to simply give him eight carries and ride the pine behind Jeremy Hill and then Giovanni Bernard when he gets back healthy? The answer is no. Joe Mixon's going to play a hell of a lot this year. Joe Mixon is a, a running back that has all of the traits, and, and the running backs coach Kyle Kasky will tell you. Offensive coordinator Ken Zampese will tell you. He can block, he can run, he's big, he's physical, he's strong, he's fast. I can't say that about Jeremy Hill. In that, that The coaching staff likes Jeremy Hill. And he's in a contract year and he's going to want to get carries. And he might start. Jeremy Hill might be the starter, at least week one. That doesn't mean Joe Mixon won't get more touches. Let's think back to the past two second-round pick running backs that they've had. It was Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill. Both played plenty in their rookie years. Jeremy Hill's the reason they went to the playoffs back in 2014 with A.J. Green down and Marvin Jones down and Tyler Eifert injured. So you look at Joe Mixon. Of course Joe Mixon's going to play. The Bengals, not only did they take him, but they had to face all of this crap, which, like it or not, it is a distraction— for the PR staff, maybe the coaches don't view it that way. But there are some distractions that come along, some negative things that you have to do, a few more hoops that you have to jump through when you draft a guy like Mixon. And they did it because they thought he was worth it, because they thought he was that talented, because they thought he could have that kind of impact. And when I look at the running back room, in Giovanni Bernard, who's very talented, coming off of a torn ACL, and Jeremy Hill, who's flash talent. But it's been years since he's shown it then hell yes, I think Joe Mixon's going to get a ton of carries. He might not be the starter. We know how the Bengals feel about rookies sometimes. But he's, to me, their best running back already. Like at this stage of his career. like So when they drafted Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, Jeremy Hill, there's no doubt in my mind. And I love Gio. They picked him with the 37th pick. Loved when they picked him. I I thought he was, and he is really good. He was really, I mean, we went from Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, we as in Bengals fans, watching that dude, to freaking Giovanni Bernard. It was like, whew. One guy looks like he's wearing shoes that weigh 10 pounds a piece. The other is named Gio. Spin move, spin move, spin move, juke. Like that, Gio was awesome. Joe Mixon can be that. Jeremy Hill is rookie year, people, I remember interviewing Mike Florio. And actually, let me find this clip. This is after Jeremy Hill's rookie year. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. I interviewed him, and he thought Hill could have a Le'Veon Bell type sophomore campaign. Well, I mean, Jeremy Hill's the easy one to say, but I mean, he he kind of broke out last year, but you know, and and I know that it's a delicate balance with he and Gio Bernard, but you know, Hill could have like a Le'Veon Bell type of a season in in twenty fifteen, his second NFL campaign but you know a lot of it depends on how much they're going to use bernard who was the you know he was the 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 hot young second round pick a couple of years ago and then hill came in and kind of supplanted him and it could be that hill just takes off with that job this year that's a real line that that's a real interview that's mike florio he joined me like two years ago and man how far hill that the perception of hill has changed so that's, that's why I look at this, uh, and you probably look at it the same way. The Bengals, if they believed in Hill, and they do to a certain degree, they say they do, why take Mixon? If they thought that Mixon wasn't the, the, um, an amazing talent, a guy that could transform their offense, that they could build around, and him and Geo could be the future, why not just roll with Hill and, and re-sign Hill and, and it just be the Hill and Geo show? One, because they really like Mixon, and two, because they have their doubts about Hill. you got to read between the tea leaves. Yes, they will love, 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 love Hill while he's here, and they, they'll back him and back him and back him and say all the right things, but let's be honest, people. They drafted Joe Mixon, and if you think they went through and they're going to continue to go through all these off-the-field hoops and hurdles for, for a guy who punched a woman in the face for no reason, And and, and just to ride that guy or put that guy on the bench, well, you're kidding yourself. Joe Mixon's going to play a lot. In an ideal world, I think that Jeremy Hill would turn and, and show flashes of the back that they had in 2014. Joe Mixon would still get a decent amount of carries and show the promise that they expect. And Giovanni Bernard would be in the mix as well, and they would have three competent running backs. And then Jeremy Hill, after this year, would go sign elsewhere, and they would get a pretty good compensatory pick for him. That's what I think would happen in an ideal world. Who knows what does happen? I can tell you that I, I do believe Joe Mixon is is going to be a, a really, really, really good running back. Or, at, let's put it this way, he's going to get the opportunity to, and he's going to get a lot of touches starting as a rookie. I'm James Rapine. This is the Locked on Bengals podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in today. You can subscribe on iTunes and Audioboom.com. I, I got an email here. And uh, Paul Malloy, and I might have said his name wrong, and if I did, I'm sorry, Paul. Uh, but l- let's look here and, and read this email. This is something Paul said, because I-, I talked about redemption stories with-, with Joe Mixon, and and he mentioned P.J. Dawson. Paul Dawson, back in 2015, uh, this is his email. Back in 2015, we all seemed to be hugely excited about this guy, or at least all the commentary uh, I picked up online via Bleacher Report and others. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. People were excited. He seemed to be highly rated coming out of college, and the general consensus was that it was an absolute steal getting him in the third round. And with him and perfect, they could provide a, a really good combo. Uh, let's see here. However, what if he showed up in shape with the right attitude? Yeah, yeah. So basically, you're asking about Paul Dawson. What's going to happen? Or, or what has he shown? What hasn't he shown? I went back and pulled, because, I mean, the draft from that was a while ago, right? Just a couple years ago. Went back and pulled some just articles and blurbs on him. And one thing I read about Paul Dawson, and it's just on his regular draft profile at NFL.com. Mike Mayock says, Paul Dawson's tape is as good as anybody's in the country. He is a little bit like Chris Borland. The question is, why wasn't he a first or second round pick? He's not a tester. His measurables weren't good. And there are questions about character. So maybe his work ethic. I will say this. The Bengals let him go last year, and any team could have picked him up. Third-round pick, second year, decided to let him go, and they were able to get him on the practice squad. So that means the entire NFL was like, eh, we'll pass. And the Bengals are like, okay, we like this guy enough. We drafted him. We'll put him on the practice squad. And, and he did later make the 53-man the later in the season. Ultimately, I, I think Paul Dawson, could he contribute at some point this year? Sure. Should we bank on that? No. You know, I mean, the Bengals told you how they felt about him last year when they risked losing him, when they cut him, and then he made it through waivers so then they could get him on the practice squad. I do do think this. uh, An AFC West regional scout said, he's an early-round player without any question, but you don't have to dig around very deep or very long to realize his personal character is going to be a major issue for some teams. My grade will be two rounds later than the talent grade. It has to be factored in. It's an AFC West scout on Paul Dawson before he got drafted. And again, who knows? We do know that he's a third-round pick. The Bengals really liked him, and he hasn't produced. in in a year, he soured with them so much that they moved on. And every NFL team passed on him, didn't want to claim him. So then the Bengals were able to scoop him up and put him on their practice squad. I, honestly, I, I wouldn't expect much from him. I look at Carl Lawson, you got Nick Vigil, obviously Vontez Perfect, Vinny Ray, they signed, oh, the dude from uh, Minner, uh, Kevin Minner. So to me, there's a pretty decent amount of linebackers in that room. Paul Dawson, sure. Could he make the 53? Absolutely. He's been around. Maybe he dedicates himself. Will he make an impact? Barring injury or barring something really unforeseen, I, I just wouldn't plan on it. I, and, and, again, I, I don't know much more than you do, to be honest. I mean, yeah, he's in the locker room. I assume he's working hard. Maybe that's something I'll I'll try to, to fish out if he's there in the locker room next time I'm there. Either way, Paul, I appreciate the email, and uh, I will keep a, a look out for, for P.J. Dawson and, and an eye out just to see how things are going. Maybe if I talk to linebackers coach or, or something in that area. Uh, but I, I appreciate you guys for listening to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Feels like a weird show today. Hopefully it wasn't too weird for you guys. We, we heard from out of nowhere. We heard heard from Mike Florio from two years ago. So that was cool. But uh, tomorrow, yeah, we are going to discuss something. It, it's kind of cool now because now that the draft's over, I, I've been planning, like, kind of planning ahead what we're going to talk about. Cedric Obwehi is someone that we're really concerned about and wondering about. Some of you even wanted the Bengals to move on. I'll explain why that might not have been such a good idea, or it wouldn't be such a good idea, and why the Bengals, they're making the right move, keeping him around. So yeah, how about that? We'll talk about that tomorrow on Twitter at LockedOnBengals, Bengals at James Erpine. You can subscribe on iTunes and audioboom.com. Thank you guys so much. Until tomorrow, I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked On Bengals Podcast.